0: Well, if you've been here these last few weeks, the messages have been a little bit different because I've been talking about the church and the importance of the church and what I've done is bring the heart of the new members class in to you. And so we've been talking about how important the church is. It's important to be a member of a local church and the church is a place we said to belong and to become to belong to a family. God is our Father, other Christians, brothers and sisters in Christ. We connect with Him, we connect with others. And so the church, we said, is a family. The church is a building. God is building us into a spiritual house, a holy temple for His glory. And so I want to continue along those same lines uh, today as we talk about the importance of the church and doing what God has called us to do. Uh, I'm going to be using several different verses, and so you probably won't be able to keep up. I'm going to run through them quickly. You need to jot them down maybe and come back to them later. So here's the message for today. Welcome to the ministry. Now, some of you look puzzled. Welcome to the ministry. Somewhere over the years, we have divided people into the paid professional clergy then everybody else is just you know, lay people. Well, guess what? We are all ministers. If you know the Lord Jesus Christ, the Savior, you are a minister. And so I want to talk to you today about your ministry uh, and, and serving. Now, what is ministry? Well, the Greek word for ministry is diakonos. It's the word from which we get the word deacon, And the word minister or ministry simply means to serve. To serve. And so what is ministry? Well, here's kind of what I said. Ministry is using whatever God has given to me to serve Him and to serve others. In in a nutshell, in essence, that's what ministry is. Now, Jesus made it very clear. If you will turn to the book of Matthew Matthew chapter 20, in Matthew chapter 20, and we'll begin reading in verse 20, Matthew chapter 20, verse 20, then the mother of Zebedee's sons approached him, Jesus, uh, with her sons. She knelt down to ask him for something, what do you want, he asked her promise, she said to him, that these two sons of mine may sit one on your right and the other on your left in your kingdom. But Jesus answered, you don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I'm about to drink? We are able, they said to him. He told them, you will indeed drink my cup, but to sit at my right and left is not mine to give. Instead, it belongs to those for whom it has been prepared by my father. And when the Disciples, the ten disciples heard this, they became indignant with the other two brothers, but Jesus called them over and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles dominate them and the men of high position exercise power over them. It must not be like that among you. On the contrary, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. So Jesus came to this earth not to be served, but to serve. And that service took him all the way to the cross where he gave his life. For you and for me. And so, we are called to minister Jesus, to serve. Jesus made that very clear. We minister in three directions, basically. We minister to God. Did you know God is the audience? We minister to Him primarily through our worship time. And so we minister, we serve Him Secondly, we minister to other believers, brothers and sisters in Christ. But did you know we're also called to minister to or to serve the unbelievers? Matthew 5.13 said, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. And so we are called to minister, to serve, yes, to God, to brothers and sisters in Christ, but also to unbelievers. Now... What areas do we minister to? Well, first of all, we are a body, soul, and spirit. And so we are called to minister to people's physical needs. Matthew 25, Jesus said, I was hungry and you fed me thirsty, you gave me drink, I needed clothes, and you clothed me sick, and you cared for me in prison, and you visited me. When, uh, when have we, uh, Whenever you've done this to the least, you did it unto me. And so we are called to meet physical needs. Secondly, we are also called and to serve and to minister to people and meet their emotional needs. Anytime you comfort someone, you, you console someone, you encourage someone, you are ministering to those emotional needs. And then, of course, thirdly, we are called to serve and minister to people's spiritual needs. 2 Corinthians 5.18 said, God reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave to us the ministry of reconciliation. You know what reconciliation is. It's just bringing two things, two people together and getting them on the same page. In this case, we're talking about reconciling, helping to reconcile unbelievers and connect them to God through the Lord Jesus Christ. And so certainly we are here to meet those needs to reconcile people with God. Now I want to talk about the priority of ministry just for a few minutes or serving. I want to give you 10 truths. 10 truths. Number 1. We have been called or excuse me, we have been created for ministry. I and you, if you know the Lord Jesus Christ, I have been created for ministry. We, we, uh, we know Ephesians 2, 8, 9 pretty well. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. We, we get those down pretty well. But sometimes we leave out verse 10, which says, for we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do for good works. So not that the good works save us, but once we know Christ is Savior, we, we are working and serving and ministering because he has prepared that for us to do. Number two, not only have I been created for ministry, to serve I've been saved for ministry. 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 9 says something like this, He called us and saved us with a holy calling given to us In Christ, listen, before time began. Now think about it. Before the foundation of the world, you were called, you were chosen by God. And it says in 2 Timothy, He called us and saved us with a holy calling. Listen, you have a holy calling on your life. And so I've been saved for ministry. Number three. I've been called into ministry. Galatians 1.15, God in His grace called me, chose me, even before I was born and called me to serve Him. Did you get that? God in His grace, before I was born, before you were born, called you to serve Him. You say, well, wait a minute, I, I, I didn't volunteer to serve I, you. You were called to serve when you got saved. But actually, even before, you were created in Christ Jesus to do good works before the foundation of the world. That's what the Scripture says. So I've been called. And you are a minister, as I said earlier, because you are being built into a spiritual house. Listen, in fact... In fact, the Bible tells us in 1 Peter chapter 2, you are a priest. Do you know that? Do you know you're a priest? We, we are a, a chosen nation, a royal priesthood. Why? Because we are called to make intercession and, and to be that bridge between people and the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we're a priest. You're a priest. You are a minister. You didn't know all this, did you? You might not have signed up for this had you known. But you've been called into ministry. Number four, I've been gifted for ministry. Number four, I've been gifted for ministry. 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 10. Listen to this. Based on the gift that you have received, everyone should use it to serve others. In other words, God has given to us I'll talk about this more in just a minute. God has given to each one a special gift or maybe gifts to use in his service. You've been gifted. Number five, you've been authorized for ministry. You've been authorized in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. Jesus said, right before he said, go and make disciples of all nations. Here's what he says, "All authority in heaven and in earth has been given unto me. He has authorized you to minister." Second Corinthians 5:20 5 5:20. We are therefore ambassadors for Christ, who is an ambassador, one who represents A royalty, a throne, or a government, another country. And that person who is an ambassador goes on behalf under the authority of the sending country. You go, you go to minister in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ under the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who has all authority in heaven and on earth. You go in his authority. Now listen, that that, that ought to make you feel good. Really. Not, Not because of who we are, not because of anything that we've done, but it's all because of God's grace that He has chosen to use you and me to minister and to serve in His name. Number six, I'm commanded to minister. I'm commanded to minister. We are told to go because our example, the Lord Jesus Christ, who said, "I have not come to be, uh, I have not come uh, to be served, but I have come to serve." By the same token, you and I are called, told, to go and to minister and to serve. Number seven, I'm to be prepared for the ministry. I want you to listen to these verses in Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11. Paul writing said this, And he personally gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Why? Why did God give those gifts to people? Why? Why? For the training of the saints in the work of the ministry to build up the body of Christ. Did you know that one day I'm going to be evaluated? And I am going to be held accountable for the job I did in training God's people to use what God has given them to serve. Listen, my job as pastor is not to do all the ministry. I don't get paid to do everything to minister and serve and do everything that's done. I am part of my responsibility, a big part of my responsibility is to train God's people to use what God has given to you so that you might minister and serve for what reason? Not for personal edification, not to make me look good, but it's to build up the body of Christ. It's for the church, the good of the church, the edification of the church. And so, we we need to be prepared and we need others to help us prepare and train to do the ministry that God has called us to do. Number eight. Boy, how true this one is. The body of Christ. The church needs your ministry. The church needs your ministry. Paul writing in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 says, We are one body, different parts. Just like your physical body. you're You're one body, you're composed of many parts. And he says in that passage, the ear cannot say to the eye, you know what, I don't really need you. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't really need you. Oh, listen, every part needs the other part to function as a body. And your church needs you to serve and to minister as part of the body. One body. Different people, individuals. Different gifts. Different callings. By the way, it's too bad many people in this age are church shoppers and church hoppers. Many people raise this question. What does your church have to offer me? What do you have for us? We want to be blessed. And I want to say, we want to bless you, but we want you to help us bless others too. We, 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 you know, we, we, we think sometimes, people, God's people think sometimes, listen, that they think the church just exists for them. That's just part of it. The church exists also for those who don't know the Lord Jesus. Who are outside the four walls of the church. We exist for them. We exist for them so that we might, what? Make disciples. So that they might in turn make disciples. So, number nine. I'm accountable for ministry. I'm accountable for ministry. Romans 14, 12 says, Every single one of us will one day stand before the judgment seat of Christ and we will give an account of what God has given to us and what we've done with that. So the question is, what have you done with what I gave you? And that's going to be the question. I don't know if that will be the exact question, but we're going to give an account of what God has given to us and what we've done with it. And then number 10. Here's the 10th truth. I'll be rewarded. You will be rewarded for ministry. Now, the ref, the ref may not hold up your hand and say, You've won. Let me tell you what the Lord Jesus Christ will say. Listen, well done, good and faithful servant. Don't you want to hear that? So we're going to be rewarded for ministering and serving. Now, these last few minutes, I want to talk about that word serve. Churches are notorious for coming up with a list of slots, places where they need filled, and sticking people in those slots, and saying you can do it. You know, you know how I was I was recruited many years ago as a Sunday school teacher. Somebody caught me in the hallway and said, "We need a teacher beginning next Sunday for a couples class," and they hand me a book and said, "There's nothing to it. You just just show up. You can do it." And listen, I was crazy enough to do it. I didn't. Well, it must had to be some pitiful teaching. I mean, I'm telling you. But, but listen, churches are notorious for that. And, and I said a long time ago, and other Brother Lonnie's leadership, this church even started before I was here, but, but I said, we are not going to stick a warm body in a slot. It's a disservice to the person It's a disservice to God's church. And so we're going to do our best to try to help people figure out how God has shaped them and formed them because the Bible says you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And so our goal is to help each person figure out who they are, how God has formed them and shaped them, how God has gifted them, and where they can plug into a ministry that is more designed for them. So here we go. In in serve, the S stands for this, spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts. Now, I'm not going to spend any time today on spiritual gifts except just a minute or two. Here's what I want to say to you. You should have a spiritual gifts survey in your handout today. If you did not get one, I have some extras down here. But listen, here's what I want to ask you to do for me. Every good teacher has homework. Gives homework, right? Here's what I want you to do. I want to ask you to do this. I want you to take this survey home with you, and I want you to fill it out. How many of you would say in here, I know what my spiritual gift is? All right. All right. A bunch of you do. Maybe you're not sure, but this might even help confirm it for you if you're not sure. This survey, and by the way, this is not a test. There's no right or wrong. This is just you and how you see yourself and how you feel like God has shaped you. So I'd like to ask you, take this thing home. There's 45 statements, and what you're going to do, the instructions are right there on the front. You're going to score each statement. For example, I, number one, have the ability to organize ideas, resources, time, and people effectively. So you're going to put those responses from number five to one. highly. This is highly characteristic of me. Or number one says, it's not at all like me. And you're going to put that on the blank in front of the statement. All right? So once you've done those 45 statements, you're going to turn the page. And you're going to go through here and put the number that you put for the the statement. You're going to put that number in the block. You're going to go across the line and total them all up. It's it's simple, okay? Don't make it hard. I don't want to make it hard for you. So you, you score it and pick out your top two what you showed on this thing as being your two top spiritual gifts. Now, the last two pages kind of describe what those gifts are. I want you to bring this thing back with you next week. Okay? You got it? If you got it, say got it. Got it. All right, good. Now, I want you to bring this thing back with you next Sunday. That means you got to come back now. If you don't, if you do, you get a star by your name. If you don't, I'm going to deduct 10 points. All right, now, bring this thing back with you next week scored and I'm going to go over specifically spiritual gifts next Sunday morning with you and we're going to look at what it means and what it doesn't mean okay the the E in serve the E in serve stands for this life experiences life experiences in other words You need to think about what experiences have I had in life. For example, what are my educational experiences? What are my ministry experiences? What about my spiritual experiences? What about my painful experiences in life? Because all those experiences God has allowed to help shape you and mold you into the person that you are. So what about my experiences in life? The R in serve stands for this, my relational style, or in other words, my personality. What is my personality? Um, Let's see. This is just a real quick overview, right? For example, are you more extroverted or are are you more introverted? And where do you fall on that scale? Let me tell you why that's important. If there's somebody that is very extremely introverted, they probably would not want to serve as an usher or a greeter. Okay? So you get the idea? Are you a person of routine or do you like variety? Are you a person who is self-controlled? Or are you a person who is very self-expressive? Are you a person who is cooperative? Are you a team player and a team member? Or are you a more competitive person? Now, not that any of those are wrong. That's how God has shaped you. That's how God has made you. You are who you are. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. And so we want to look at a, help a person look at their relational style. The V in serve stands for vocational skills what skills have you acquired vocational skills what, what vocational skills have you acquired in life that might assist you and help you as you serve God and his church and his people for example do you suppose somebody with some organizational secretarial skills could help somewhere in the church oh boy yeah And then, lastly, the E in serve stands for enthusiasm. In other words, what is it that you are passionate about? What is your hot button? What is it that excites you? For example, my wife this morning, where she normally is, is in preschool. That is her hot button. That is her niche. She loves working with preschoolers, has done that for years. In fact, some people say, do you, do you really have a wife? <laughs> yeah, I do. She's about over there about 101% of the time. And sometimes that's not my choice. Sometimes, by the way, those preschool workers, some of them don't get a chance to come over here. So some of you with some of those skills after we get finished next week ought to say, you know what, I could do preschool. I could do children. I could do youth. Okay, that's another part. So what is it that pushes your button? See, that's her hot button. That's her love. Don't put me over there in preschoolers. I love those little rugrats, but I don't want to work with them all the time. Okay? So, so do, do you see what I'm saying? In, in other words, we want to try to help everybody look at how God has shaped and gifted them. And then, we want to try to plug you into a ministry and to help you find a place to serve that is more suited for you so that you will be more effective and there will be fruit in your ministry and there will be fulfillment. Listen, you want to have peace and joy and be fulfilled? And find that place where God wants you to serve and do it. and minister. And see name one or guest? You can take this back to your church and do the same thing if you're not already, OK? I want to say this in closing. I appreciate all the people in our church that serve. Listen, some of you are serving so much you've got a full plate. God bless you. Thank you for all that you do. But we need others to get on the team and use what God has given to you to minister and to serve Him and other people. We want to help you with that. Now, please come back next Sunday. Bring your spiritual gift survey, and we'll talk about it. But listen to me carefully. If you don't know Jesus is Savior... The survey is not going to do you any good, okay? But because you don't have a spiritual gift, just quickly, we believe that when you're saved, the Holy Spirit gives you at least one spiritual gift. I think sometimes maybe more than one, but at least one dominant spiritual gift. But see, if you don't know Christ as Savior, you, you can't do that. That's another step for you, and for you, that first step is trusting Christ as Savior by faith. Making a commitment to him to say, Lord Jesus, I, re- I realize I'm a sinner. I fall short. I can't match up. For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. And so, God, I understand I'm a sinner, and I'm going to receive that gift that you have for me. Because I don't understand it all, but I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins to pay my sin debt, And I'm asking you to forgive me. And I want you to be the Savior and the Lord, the master, the boss of my life. Some of you may need to do that this morning first. And once you do that, then then do your spiritual gifts inventory. Some of you may be here this morning, you're looking for a church home. Listen, this church would accept you and love you. These people love you if you'll give them a chance. Maybe you're here this morning, you know Jesus is the Savior, you need to follow through in believers' baptism. Maybe you're here this morning, you just want to come and pray. Somebody will pray with you. You can just come and pray by yourself if you would rather do that. Listen, whatever God says to you this morning, do it. Just be obedient. Would you bow with me, please, Heavenly Father? Thank you for the time together this morning. And God, what an example you have left for us. You you didn't come to be served. You, You came to serve and to give your life, to purchase our salvation. But, Lord, you've called us to serve. Help us to do that. I pray for every single person under the sound of my voice this morning in this building. And if we're not, Lord, with you, walking with you where we need to be, I pray that you give us the courage, the strength to just say, yes, Lord, I'll do what you're calling me to do. And so, Lord, I pray Holy Spirit, that you'll deal with people's hearts this morning. And I pray that you'll help them to make the decisions they need to make. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand, please, if we sing? As we sing, we'll be here to help you if anybody needs to make a decision. You come, would you?